Hi, welcome to Talking Contemporary, where we will hear directly from artists and creatives from Southeast Asia as they share about what it means to make art in this time and the challenges and encounters along the way. I'm Bianca Winata Putri, curator, writer, and researcher originally from Jakarta, Indonesia, and now based in Melbourne, Australia. In this episode, I'm joined by Singapore-based artist Alicia Neo. I only recently connected with Alicia, and I was really drawn to her Care Index project that collects and brings together diverse stories and practices of care performed by people from all walks of life. The Care Index invites us to perform a gesture of care in video or audio form, which is later archived online on careindex.net. It's interesting to reflect on the different meanings of care, which has significantly heightened throughout the pandemic. Notions of self-care and caring for others are not new revelations, but they certainly have taken center stage in more recent times. In this heartfelt conversation, we spoke about the different experiences of care, especially through the lens of caregivers. We talked about empathy and listening and the importance of staying connected and grounded, ultimately asking, what does it mean to listen? What does it mean to be invited to enter someone's story? We hope you enjoy our conversation and tune in to the end where we also spoke about tiger bombs and how nothing quite beats mom's cooking. Before we jump into it, I'd like to share a bit more about our wonderful guest. Alicia Neo develops long-term projects that involve collaborative partnerships with individuals and communities. She works primarily through photography, video, and participatory workshops that address modes of radical hospitality, caregiving, and well-being. Alicia, thanks so much for joining me in this conversation. Thank you so much, Bianca, for um, inviting me to join you for this conversation. Um, I'm in Singapore at the moment, and um, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're on these strange times, and I'm very thankful and, you know, grateful to be able to still uh, be working on different projects and to be connecting um, with new people like yourself, you know, through the internet, and uh, yeah, so thanks so much. Yeah, how are things in Singapore at the moment? Well, um, in if, if me, if you're talking about the the current uh, COVID situation, I mean it's um, where I guess as a, as um, where we're all trying to move uh, towards this this idea and making sense of what what it means to uh, to live with COVID. I guess it's, it's this strange phenomenon that all of us are trying to to grapple with. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really sort of like uh, come uh, home for for me, literally, right? So I've got family members who've got uh, caught COVID, and we're literally experiencing um, this, uh, you know, this 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 situation where um, you know, expressing care and, and performing care and and you know, acting on care is is um, it, it has become so complex and, and challenging, right? And so visible, so. Um, yeah, we're we're all trying to find new ways of uh, new languages for uh, for care and um, and and how do we deal also with this idea of um, separation? So I mean, in Singapore right now, there's this differentiated uh, tracks for for vaccinated and, and unvaccinated people. So that also has um, you know created a lot of uh, really really challenging um, situations for a lot of people. So. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like care, as you said, have 
sort of taken this really central role, uh, particularly during COVID, but care has always been there since human times. Like we care about our family, we care about our friends, we care about our work, the environment. And that's something that I find so interesting in your recent project, the Care Index. Can you share a little bit more about that project and how you started? Yeah, so um, thanks for thanks for asking about um, the Care Index. It's really a, a new a uh, research project that um, was uh, was was my um, uh, response to uh, the the COVID situation, in particular the first lockdown in Singapore, which was in um, April twenty twenty. Um, that kind of like sparked off this um, uh, project, which uh, from the get go, I I was looking at um, different ways to connect with uh, people who were. Uh, currently living in lockdown, you know, so different people in different spaces and how can we have a process that allow people to stay connected. So, um, so that was uh, the, the sort of the beginnings of um, uh, the Care Index. But maybe I can pull back a little bit and share, um, uh, you know, what, what sort of laid the foundation for um, my interest in this work. So, um, so yeah. So in in your introduction, you you mentioned um, the project between Earth and Sky. So that uh, remains a very um, special project for me. Um, that was a year long project that I did in two thousand eighteen uh, with a group of uh, primary caregivers who uh, who care for their family members living um, with mental illness. So um, I was a member uh, in a, a local. Uh, caregiver support group called Caregivers Alliance, and it's a non-profit, a non-profit um, organization uh, that that really advocates for um, caregivers and um, their situations. So I, um, you know, I was attending these, uh, you know, twelve-week programs, uh, which uh, you know allowed caregivers to come together to a listening space, you know, to really listen to each other's stories and to. Um, also understand that they are not alone, you know, in, in this um, role, right? Um, because we, we know that um, caregiving can be a very isolating experience, especially when it's something that is uh, performed uh, for, for a really, really long time, you know, and, and caring is, uh, you know, for, for illnesses can be a very chronic situation, can go on for decades. Yeah. And, and um, when I was listening to the experiences of um, different caregivers and also, um, you know, understanding how important it was to have that kind of support network, um, to be able to share one's stories, because that's, that's one thing, right? You know, the, the act of sharing and the act of listening, it, it does, um, you know, create this sense of um, being together and it and mm. also... Uh, strengthens this idea that um, th- there is something beyond the situation. You know, there's so many different ways you can, um, uh, you know, deal with uh, your circumstances, right? Mm, yes. So um, perhaps before we go on further, I can describe to our audience a little bit about that work. Um, so Between Earth and Sky is a video performance that feature nine caregivers moving fluidly and expressively across different settings. So at home, um, in the kitchen, in front of a river, or out in a garden. Um, And they move in different intensities, at times quite soft and going with the flow. And at other times, you can see tension in their movements. 
But one thing that struck me very deeply during that process was um, this idea of weight. You know, the, the kind of weight that um, caregivers uh, carried in their bodies. Yeah, so caregiving can be a very, um, it is a very embodied experience. You know, they, they are not only carrying um, emotional, physical uh, weight, they're also sometimes um, single-handedly carrying the financial weight of caregiving. And in that process, you know, do we gain something in, the, in that sharing? Mm. And this idea of weight is something that you explored in the workshops you ran for this video performance. And in this workshops, you collaborated with movement artists Sharda Harrison and Ajunta Anwari, um, where you invited the caregivers to create a personal performance, which draw from their caregiving journeys. So each performance is really unique and original. You know, it was a process where they all uh, had the opportunity to choreograph their own um, movement pieces, which were which really came from um, their own lives. You know, their own uh, you know ways at, at looking at crisis, the way that they navigated these um, difficult emotions, the way that they rebuilt connections with their family members, the way that they dealt with stigma. So um, there was a lot that went into their individual uh, performances. And, um, and later, this was actually uh, recorded um, for um, the show. And, um, and also, the other thing I would like to uh, mention was um, part of the project also was these kites, uh, which featured uh, close-ups of um, uh, photographs of uh, both the caregivers and their loved ones' um, clothing. Yeah, so in a way, yeah, it, it, was, um, it was very beautiful to have that... Um, uh, this this trace from their bodies, um, in in a way, it was also uh, to uh, it was it was a metaphor, you know, for these kites of how each uh, each caregiver and each of um, their family members were learning to ride the elements. They were learning to, um, you know, in a way, steer the wind, but also go with the flow. Yeah, the between earth and sky work is incredible. I mean, I'm just looking at the sales and the uh, performance video, uh, which is set on your website. Um, and I'm just quite curious, did you give any directive to to the caregivers, like any, or did they just move and kind of, as you said, follow the wind and kind of be in this flow? Yeah, so the, the, um, the workshops uh, played a very strong emphasis on that, you know, coming back to your breath, rediscovering your voice, um, but in particular, yeah, rediscovering your creativity, right? So there were a lot of um, exercises that we did with um, the caregivers that were, were basically about that, you know, it was restoring that quality of aliveness, um, you know, that quality of uh, purpose, that quality of imagination, you know, which is often not talked about, right, in, in, um, in the caregiving space, you know, because it's always about others, you know, so much emphasis is placed on, um, you know, in a way, um, sacrifice, so it's always placed on compromise, it's always placed on um, um, elsewhere. And, and actually, you know, this, this idea of um, having empathy for others and being able to care well, to connect, this is very, it's very related to that, you know, that sense of imagination, that, that sense of, um, you know, what, what keeps us human, right? So, so we tried very much to um, design uh, the workshops such that it would um, 
open up, you know, this this uh, you know this space again for for each of them because it's all within us, right? It's just forgotten, you know. It's in, returning to that childlike space, um, bring attention back to different parts of your body. You know, what does it feel like? You know, what um, what does it mean to desire again? What does it mean to um, you know play again? Right. That's so beautiful and. You're right in terms of the creativity and imagination, which is so often associated with art, right? Like you always talk about those two things in art, but art also brings in different voices, different experiences, and different communities together, which is exactly what you do with all of your projects, uh, and uh, most especially with the Care Index. I find that kind of bringing in different voices, especially in a time of isolation, of lockdowns, of trying to make sense of the world. Um, it, it just opens up a lot of these ideas about care, not just the good parts, but also the challenges that comes through care. What kind of experiences do we have about care that changes not only through time, but on, through our own kind of personal approach to it? And and I'll, I'm yeah, I just think that your your projects are really incredible in that sense and always bringing in different voices with you. Um, I am also really interested to something that you said earlier about caregivers or, or care being an isolating experience, but in itself, it is also dependent on caring for someone or for others. So it's kind of like this individual and collective experience that you're bringing into your work and your research, noticing these kind of contradictory lines between isolation and caring, like they're not two different things. They can relate. Mm. It's, um, I mean, the process of working with the, with the caregivers was um, definitely, there were so many heightened moments, you know, of uh, um, connecting with each other, which, which was why in the beginning, it was very important for us that um, there were group sessions, you know, where they could also witness each other. Um, each other's struggles, you know, to be able to be witnessed, I think is, is so fundamental. And, and you know, unfortunately, um, caregiving wasn't a switch that they could just like switch off, right? So very often during the, the process, um, there were situations where the caregivers could not be present um, uh, physically or for the group workshop. So then we had to actually create bespoke sessions in their own homes. Um, so there were some right. Um, moments, right, which also had to be um, individual um, and an isolated experience. When you you come face to face with very differing um, opinions, very different strategies, very different methods, you know, but also being able to then facilitate and also um, draw out um, and also reflect upon the the points of connection, which is what you you mentioned earlier on, right? Like how very often um, caring can be par very paradoxical, very contradictory. Um, you know, it's full of desire and also um, aversion. You know, there's there's also exhaustion uh, and and also moments where um, it it can be very rejuvenating. Mm, yes, this multifaceted and quite complex experiences of care are not often talked about. And so your workshops and artworks allow for these nuanced conversations to take place. I'm curious, though, if this also comes through in your Care Index project. 
So for this project, you invite people to submit video and sound of them performing a gesture of care, which you later archived online. Um, and I'd like to share the guiding questions that you ask people to respond to, which are, what does taking care mean for me? What are the gestures of care that I practice every day? Is it possible to share it with others? These are very interesting questions, and I actually have it written down on my notebook for me to kind of have a think in the morning during a busy day. Um, and I'm sure you also received so many unique responses. The responses that I got from um, different people around the world were, you know, they, they were they were so unique in in their own ways. You know, there were a lot of um, entries that were about um, nature. And that was one very um, yes. restorative thing for a lot of people. Uh, there was a lot of return to nature, reflecting on the qualities of their interactions with nature. Um, and also a lot of, uh, you know, um, different gestures of embrace. You know, it could be embraces that were done in private, embraces that were done um, at a distance from people. Uh, there was also a lot of um, uh, these gestures of surrender as well, which I thought was very beautiful. Um and of course, um, uh, acts of faith, right? And, and religion, mm. you know, uh, spirituality, you know, were all very um, uh, common uh, sort of uh, um, gestures uh, that were shared in people's submissions. Um, there, yeah, there were a lot of very, uh, um, you know, unique point of views. Um, and, and, I mean, and yet at the same time, there were a lot of very universal uh, ideas that were being shared, you know, and, and that's kind of uh, what this project hopes to do over time as well, right? To, to be able to um, draw these uh, common uh, commonalities. It's amazing how you do this through your art. I, I mean, I'm curious to know how you bring in all these really big research and responses and emotional experiences and how you translate that or, or bring that to performance, to photography, to video. If Could you share a little bit more about that, uh, Your, I guess, your approach to the art form? Or, or the, is the workshop also the art form too, I would think? I mean, in, for the Care Index, definitely. You know, it's, it's always, I've always thought of it as a research project that would evolve. Um, over time, and and the workshops are one way that um, the you know the research is evolving together. So it is very live in that sense, and um, it's it's one of the key ways that audiences actually experience uh, the care index. Yeah. So um, at the moment, I'm actually also uh, working on uh, you know re um, reimagining reimagining the space, the online digital space of the website. So hopefully. Um, I guess by the the first quarter of, of next year, we'll be able to see a new version of the of the website that would um, continue to archive the different submissions, but also um, express the different aspects of the research uh, even more um, clearly as well. Yeah. So depending on what um, emerges from the different working groups, there could be different outcomes. You know, there could be um, exhibitions. There could be uh, future publication um, and, uh, you know, ver various different uh, processes to, to allow people, you know, to, to understand, um, you know, the, the different sort of uh, um, strengths of the work. Uh, but the workshops are going to remain very key, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I think that's it, right? The art can actually bring 
it takes different forms. It's not just the artwork. <laughs> it's actually the process, the journey, the research, the stories that you bring in. Um, and I'm also quite interested in this, in the way that you bring voices of care. But I also think you're also bringing in memory into play. Because I would assume in these research workshops, people are remembering things or drawing from their memories of what care experiences look like, what care gestures look like. And memory, as as we all know, is something so personal, subjective, and what is one experience for one person is probably not the same as, as the other. How, how does memory play into your research and your practice? Yeah, I think I think you absolutely like you know um, uh, you know described it very well. So I think one of the the key things in the um, in the invitation for the care index is uh, revisiting uh, a specific memory, you know, from our lived experience to to have that very strong connection to it. So I think what has been um, very uh, you know beautiful for me was to be able to to receive um, these uh, these memories and sometimes. Um, depending on on the workshops that I've been hosting, um, you know they they do get played back to um, the participants, you know, in different forms. So that's also quite um, uh, you know interesting to to witness their um, their reactions, whether that's a surprise or whether that's of um, you know recognition or uh, you know in a way feeling heard or, or listened to. I think that's always. Um, um, nice to uh, to experience as a group um, and uh, so recently one of the the working groups that I'm um, part of um, is uh, actually uh, part of sex part of this exhibition called Presence of Mind is actually organized by a, um, a Sydney-based uh, uh, gallery called uh, Gallery Lane Cove. Um, and the curators are uh, Kath Fries and Rachel Kiang. So um, what's, what's unique about the, um, this exhibition is that there's this digital residency and I'm actually contributing the Care Index to, uh, to this exhibition. And... Um, and it's and it's great because uh, the practitioners from both Australia and Singapore are able to to meet um, digitally and and have this sort of uh, exchange, right? And uh, one of the things that I've been inviting them to do is to um, look at the memory of uh, of different forms of uh, hospitality, you know. So whether it's um, this idea mm. of welcome, initiation or whether this uh, memory of being able to dwell in place, um, you know, or, or farewells, you know. So it's, it's been absolutely, you know, lovely, you know, um, seeing how each of these um, uh, practitioners have been reflecting upon um, this idea and uh, the, the very specific um, gestures that they've uh, offered to, to the group. Yeah, so that that is also um, an ongoing uh, strand of uh, my work for um, the Care Index, um, looking at this idea of uh, hosting, um, hospitality, and um, and the different kind of uh, 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 rituals, maybe even new rituals that can emerge that um, you know might be helpful in in, in building uh, the sense of connectedness across uh, borders, across um, individuals, across cultures. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah. So how does place play into 
the care index? Like, would these conversations, I assume, I mean, you just mentioned there's, there's, it's part of an exhibition or part of a project in a gallery. So it does have a space in the kind of more gallery slash museum areas. But does it also have a place, I would think, a more public space and, and private space in terms of where you bring these conversations and this art making process? I think that's a great question and something that I've also been asking my myself. I mean, I think at the moment because um, the the research is still is still ongoing, and I'm also looking at the current context that we're um, the current context and conditions that we're working in, where um, you know there's there's uh, there's this need to also be very constantly responding to changes that's happening. You know, whether it's like new lockdown restrictions or like a new spatial constriction. Like, for example, in Singapore, we're, we're constantly, you know, moving between like these, um, we're switching between these different modes, right? Okay, suddenly, you know, two people can dine, suddenly it's five, and then suddenly it's, it's um, you know, the, 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 the configurations keep changing, right? So um, so at the moment, I think the this idea of uh, place um, is um, actually very, very uh, fluid. Is a fluid one, and um, and I I am hoping to create some kind of groundedness within this uh, fluid space. Oh, exciting! We have to do a part two in the podcast to see, like maybe six months from now, to see what's next in the Care Index project. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm conscious that we are getting to the end of our conversation, but I think we're gonna continue. I'm, well, I'm going to continue this thinking on care, and I'd like to contribute as well on the Care Index project. Um, but as with all of our episodes, we have these rapid-fire questions um, at, at the end, um, and I'll ask you three questions, and it'll be very exciting, very fun. I'm going to end with some deep questions. But the first question I'd like to ask is, what does care mean to you? I think um, care means... Connection. I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I think being able to feel uh, connected to oneself and also to others, I think that is um, very fundamental, very, very human. Beautiful. I also have been thinking about what does care mean to me and I somehow have this memory. Again, we come back to memory. I have this memory of um, tiger bomb and not feeling well and my mom just like giving me tiger bomb on my back and, and on my tummy as a child and I feel like it's the most it's like a hug a warm hug so we always have tiger bombs it's always ready and it's interesting how that kind of memory and objects even like tiger bombs first thing that came into my mind when when we talk about care um and, and as you said it's it's about finding connections not only with other people but also with the things around us so yeah it's a wonderful response i don't know why tiger bomb just keeps on popping no, to my head I, I literally have one bottle sitting right in front of me here it's such oh, a essential <laughs> for any any environment you know <laughs> every travel kit as well <laughs> Continuing with our topic of care and our focus on care is care is also very much related to food. Like I, a gesture of care is cooking for someone, sharing food to someone. So what's your favorite food? What oh kind of gosh. food shows that 
Oh my god, I'm such a glutton, so I'm easily pleased. Like seriously, I I love food so much. It is it is really one of the most um nourishing acts, right? To be able to cook for, um, another person, um, to be able to prepare something for another person. So I I would say actually one of my um, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is is really my mom's cooking. I I miss it um a lot um. She's a wonderful cook. Uh, she doesn't follow recipes. She dreams things up, you know, via taste, you know, whatever that she wants to create. So um, she's, yeah, absolutely wonderful. I mean, when I think about being comforted, that's actually one of my um, strongest uh, imagery in my mind. You know, my my mother's uh, cooking, and uh, and and she has this thing about um, making sure that the food is warm like it must be like mm, piping hot yes. and like warm like you never serve anything cold in in her house so so that's always very um uh yeah it's it's a very strong comforting memory for me yes yeah it's it's interesting isn't it care and comfort very much kind of also go hand in hand and and I completely agree with mom's cooking uh, and and not the recipes is like you just can't recreate it because they go just put a dash of salt or a dash of pepper <laughs> I was like what is a dash is it one teaspoon one tablespoon and every time I try to recreate my mom's cooking and I just go this is not the same like yeah. just it can't be the same but you know it's it's also such a nice gesture and and, and the piping hot yes mm. I love burning my tongue I love hot food but you know I mean I have friends <laughs> that go what are you doing just let it cool down and I just I can't I grew up in a household where everything needs to be warm oh I I know what you mean yeah I know what you mean that's only the same for me yeah so what is your favorite food though my favorite food yeah gosh um I love every food. If you ask my partner, he goes like, you eat everything. <laughs> I really do. Um, but oh gosh, one of my favorite food is um, bakmi, so noodles. In, oh, in yes. Indonesia, There's my dad's a big fan of noodles, so bakmi, ayam, um, so chicken noodles, pork noodles, anything. And I just, I'm a big fan of those noodles too. Because <laughs> again, mm-hmm. growing up, um, that's I eat a lot of that. We would get go around Jakarta trying to find the best kind of noodles. So that's definitely on the top of my list. But I love spicy food as well. Like any kind of spicy food. Oh, Any chili. Yeah. Balacha. You it. have to have it. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and one of my favorite food in Singapore um, is the omelette. Oh, ah, yes. Yes. Olat. A lot, a lot. Yes, right? yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so good. The yeah, the egg, oysters. The oysters, yes. Yeah, the oyster the chili. and the little the chili. Oh my gosh, yes. Mm. So that's probably the first thing I'll do if I ever visit Singapore is to find that Yum. food. Because gosh, come. <laughs> yeah. And my final question, and I wish this conversation doesn't end because I do love talking about care, and I can't wait to see how your project grows. Um, this is a question that I ask all of my guests, uh, and it might be a bit heavy, but it's, uh, what does art mean to you? Mm. Mm. I, I, I think that um, art is really an expression of, um, you know, the, the way we are in the world. You know, it's, it's one of the means of expressions and art is one of them. And, um, and, and I, I was talking early on about this idea of um, 
into being and into connection, right? So I think art is um, a very powerful way to be in connection with that, to be in touch with that, you know, and understanding that we are part of this entire fabric that is the world, that is nature. And um, and and I hope, and um, at least that's what I hope that um, uh, this art making process can be uh, for myself and for others as well. Yeah. So that's what Beautiful. Thank you, Alicia. It's so great to chat with you. It's so great to connect. I mean, we haven't met in real life, so I really, really hope I can visit Singapore soon or you can visit Melbourne soon. Oh, You're most welcome. Uh, there's heaps of good food and good coffee here as well. That's for sure. That's for sure. That's one thing I do miss about Melbourne. <laughs> the wonderful yes. coffees and the desserts. Yes, I'll be, I'll be there for more. <laughs> yes, we'll love to host you here. Uh, thank you so much, Alicia. Wonderful to chat. Uh, again, as I said, we'll have to do a part two because I'd love to hear updates about the Care Index and all the other amazing projects and initiatives that you're doing. Thank you so much, Bianca. It was really wonderful. Thanks for, for hosting this and for inviting me. Thank you. That was a wonderful conversation. How we perform care to others and to ourselves is something that will always be relevant to the way we live and work. Care spans across different cultures and ways of being. It is both personal and collective. And above all, it's about making connection. Art has this power to bring people and stories together. And I would say it's the greatest form of storytelling there is. I can't wait to see how Alicia's Care Index project grow and evolve in the coming years. You can find Alicia online on Instagram at at Alicia Neo. That's at A-L-E-C-I-A-N-E-O. You can also contribute to the Care Index project by sharing your story and experiences at careindex.net. You can find out more about the artist and her artworks on Talking Contemporary Instagram at talking.contemporary and on our website, talkingcontemporary.com. If you have an artist or creative you'd like to hear from in our future episodes, please send an email to hello at talkingcontemporary.com. Talking Contemporary Podcast is hosted by me, Bianca Winata Putri, and produced by Regan Susanto, Adela Saputra, Stefani Susanto, and Trivita Winata Putri. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.